0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. <laughs> Alright, I got it. She's going to love it. Let's go. Well, how'd you find a card so fast? I'm speaker of lady language. I hear their voices in my head. Much like Beethoven heard music. No, I think it was just voices. Either way... I've got a card and you don't. Know I'm trying to find one with the right words. I just I can't find one that really describes how I feel. Here, this one. This one. This is the one. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, sugar is sweet and so is honey. I bought you this card because I had no money. <laughs> that is so used! No, yes it no, is! It's not. It's not me. What are you trying to say? I need a card that says, I don't deserve you. I never have, and I never will. From the moment that I first saw you, I knew that I wanted to be with you, to know you, to understand you. I am humbled that you chose me. I have married out of my league, and there's not a day that goes by that I don't recognize that fact. And I've never, I've never taken our vows lightly. What do I say to The mother of my children, my best friend, my soulmate. I love you can just sound so cliche and trite, but it's the only words that I know. I love you. I mean, that would be a card, you know? That would be a card that I'd want to buy. What's the matter? What happened? Don't look at me. Okay, look away. I I, I have, what's the matter? (laughs) It's like I'm a swimming pool and your words are like cannonballs landing. Pull yourself together, man. Attention, everybody. We are in the presence of a true wordsmith. No, we're not. Allow his words to be the wings of which your cards fly. No, no. I want what he's having. Okay, we need to go. We need to go right now. I've got an idea we'll get those cards that are blank on the inside and we'll write your words on them and then we'll give them to our ladies. But we have to write in calligraphy. I'm just going to take your card. (laughs) Wait, wait. What was that part about the true uh, soulmates? I need a pen. I'm going to write this down. That stuff is gold. That'll give me a whole Sunday of football.
1: Alright, it's good stuff right there. So, uh, welcome, we're uh, continuing this series called Bring In Sexy Back, and uh, this is week three. The first week we talked about marriage, like why is it so important, why the paper, uh, what's the deal, and uh, what's God's plan for it. And then last week we got to talk about the dog bed and uh, sexual immorality, and this week we're going to be talking about what she wants and what he needs. And uh, so I'm super excited to get into today's topic. And, and, the, and really, what we're going to be uh, discussing is is it possible to turn up the heat in the bedroom? And what would it take to make that happen? Or what would it look like in your relationship? So I think it's actually going to surprise some of you guys today to know <clears throat> that uh, what uh, happens in the bedroom. has more to do with what happens before the bedroom than in the bedroom. So what happens in the bedroom here has more to do with what happens before the bedroom than in the bedroom. You and I have the capacity to make this like out of this world, to make it superb and fantastic. And so what we're going to discover today is that God's intent, God's plan for this was always always to make this a celebration. It was always meant to be a celebration. Um, how many of you guys uh, knew that the draft was happening this weekend? How many of you guys don't know what I'm talking about when I say the draft? A couple of you guys. So what's the draft? Football. Yeah, football draft is happened. That's what's up. Man, that's good stuff. So, and, uh, you know, football's coming back around, so I know everyone's excited about it. It's like, all oh, you're watching all day is who's getting who. So I figured I'd use some analogies today about football because it's coming back. So I'm, you know, it's my way of being excited about it. So this right here is the end zone dance. <laughs> this is the celebration that, of the end zone dance of marriage. But here's the deal. End zone dances... Don't make sense if you don't score a touchdown first. (laughs) You guys see the guys that like just catch the ball and they're doing like a funky dance. You're like, you're you're an idiot. Like that's what you get paid to do. But touchdowns, you start like doing like the funky chicken and all sorts of nonsense because you just scored a touchdown. So now you get to celebrate with the end zone dance. So end zone dances don't make sense if we don't score any touchdowns. So what we're going to talk about What does it mean to score touchdowns in my relationship? And so all of a sudden, we can't wait to do the dance at the end of the day. What does it mean to score touchdowns in my relationship so we get to celebrate with the dance? Here's another truth. The world's going to spend a lot of time talking about technique and how you should do things and what you should do. But the truth is, have you ever seen like a good end zone dance? They're all just funky and weird and... (laughs) You don't understand them. The only person who's doing them will understand them. So the cool thing about the dance is that there's something to celebrate. We're going to talk about how to have a marriage that's so on fire that you can't wait to do the dance. So it's a tough subject because you uh, would probably say that uh, men and women come to sex very differently. Would, would any of you agree with that? Hands. No. Everyone's. How are you good? So if I were to um, describe the topic of sex and I was to just sum men up, how I would sum men up when it comes to the topic of sex is this. <clears throat> is, uh, we're like a microwave. Like there's always a bag of popcorn in it and it's ready to go. Like you don't have to do a whole lot to warm it up. It doesn't take very long. Um, we're, you know, like we, you, women cannot give us a back rub without us, like, being like, oh, hey, that felt nice, huh, oh, right, Uh, that's just how men are, it doesn't take much, men are also very, very visually driven, you know, uh, I've always thought, like, man, I, you know, we get out of the shower, and we're, like, walking around, like, to go get dressed and stuff like that, and the women are, like, put on the towel, like, you're scaring the dog right now, and you're, like, what, it's not a big deal, right? But women have, like, these desperate moments going from the shower to put on clothes. Because, like, they think if we're going to, like, catch a look, we're going to be like, hey. You know? <laughs> so they're like, des- <laughs> they're, like, desperate in those moments just to get to the closet. And I know, like, even as a man, I was like, my wife likes me to go to bed, like, within five minutes or so if she does. Even to, like, watch TV just to be there. And, you know, I learned early on, like, that's, like, the best. I'll go to bed just to, like, watch to get ready for bed because... Just awesome, and she always hated that. I was like, "What are you? What's the big deal, huh?" This is like the best part. Microwave men, <laughs> women on the other hand, I would describe much differently. I'd describe them as a <laughs> slow and steady wins the race, I guess. Uh, yeah, women—they come to the table totally different, you know. Like we're ready, and they're like. You know, you're asking them, be like, yeah, is it time? I'm like, is dinner ready? Huh? I'm like, ready. And they're like, no, the potatoes still need longer to cook. And you're like, I don't want the potatoes. <laughs> just give me the meat. Like, just, I'm ready to eat. Like, what's the deal? And, um, you know, but the key is, man, most of the time the crock pot's plugged in. You just need to turn it up. So uh, <laughs> women and men come to the table uh, about sex very differently. So how do you take something that's so different that's so opposite, and make it make sense? How do you make that um, make sense in the bedroom? Um, and here's the fundamental thing. If you and I can get what this is all about, then all of a sudden this, the bedroom, gets really, really fun if we can understand how to score touchdowns. The shift that we have to like work through is that for far too long in life, We have thought that having sex is the touchdown, that this is the win, the score, right? And it's not. It's the celebration. It's the end zone dance for the touchdowns that were scored here. And what's going to make the end zone dance make sense and to be like it's supposed to be is if we start scoring touchdowns in our relationship first. An example This is is like a play act. This is a play act of what happens here. So what happens in the daytime, we're acting out at the nighttime. So when we score touchdowns here, we get to celebrate here. It's a play act of what our marriage really looks like and what's happening. Kind of like baptism. Last week, we had the fantastic opportunity of witnessing so much testimony and excitement through baptism. Baptism is a play act of our relationship with God. Right? It's people making a public profession of faith and then being baptized down with, uh, with, like Jesus was and raising again from the grave into new life. It's an example. It's a play act of this promises profession we've made to Jesus Christ. It wouldn't make sense for people to be baptized if they hadn't already made that decision in their heart. It would be dumb for them to get baptized if they didn't believe in Jesus Christ. So they're play-acting their belief, their decision of something that has already happened. In the same sense, our marriage, this dance is a play-act of what's happened in our marriage during the day, during all the other time. We're play-acting out what has happened. We're going to discover that what happens in the bedroom between a husband and wife is that play-act that absolutely makes no sense if something hasn't already happened over here in the relationship, if there have not already been touchdowns says this in Ephesians 5:21 submit to one another out of reverence for Christ submit to one another out of reverence for Christ means simply this love to love your spouse more than yourself to love them more than you at the end of the day to say that your needs are greater than my needs That I love you more than I love my career. That's submitting. I love you more than I love my career. I love you more than I love my hobbies. Than the things that I like to do. I love you more than I love my friends. And this is a really tough one for a lot of you in here probably today. That I love you more than I love our kids. That's submitting. It's not... God, spouse, kids, family on the same level. It's God, spouse, kids, blah, 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 blah. Whatever that is. That's a really tough one. That's submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And the big bed is also not about getting your needs met first. What would that look like? It makes no sense to play act putting One another first in the bedroom at the nighttime when you're not submitting in the daytime. If you play actor marriage in the bedroom without being real in the daytime, then it just becomes a lie. It becomes like this sad joke because it doesn't, all it does is start to remind you of the things that you're not getting. The things that you really want to have that you're not going to get. It's why it can start to become, to feel unfulfilling why I can start to become feeling empty and you can become to start feeling used, it's because we're play-acting a promise that we aren't fulfilling in real life, in our marriage. So you have to score touchdowns for that to make sense, for the heat to turn up, right? So what would it look like for a husband to submit to the needs of a wife so that he says in the bed, that's what he already did in her heart at the daytime. What would it look like for a husband to submit to his wife so that what he says he already did for her heart? What would it look like for a wife to love you more than as she loves herself and meet your needs as a husband even before she meets her needs so that when we come to the bed, this is the end zone dance. It's an, un, of an unbelievable relationship, a touchdown of a relationship. So the question is this, what are the needs of a guy? And what are the needs of a woman? And if you don't already know that, then here's what I already know is that you aren't really submitting your needs to one another. There's some help in the Bible, <clears throat> Ephesians 5, it's in the New Testament, towards the back. Ephesians 5, 31 says this, For the reason a man will leave his father and mother and be unified to his wife, and, they will, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm, not talking about, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. 33, However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Hear that again. However, each one of You must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Why would God have to tell us guys to love our wives? Of course we love our wives. I guess, that's like, oh, hello. That's like what happens. But women, here's the truth. And if you stop and think about it, you'll know it's true. Men love in pieces. Men love in pieces. Men are desperately terrified to give their whole heart to anybody. So instead, they give their heart out in small portions. They're terrified to give out their whole self to anybody. And God knew that that would break your heart. He knew that that would deeply hurt you, that that's what you needed. And so, Which is why he had to tell us men that we need to love you with all of us with our whole heart. And if you're going to do this, you need to love your wife wholeheartedly and expose yourself. He doesn't say to the wife, wife, love your husband. Isn't that interesting? Because he knows. Like we know. That's what you do. You love. You're really good at it. Uh, Think about it. When a man and woman get into an argument, she says, I don't feel like you love me. And he says, you don't Respect me. Right. He will measure her engagement in the relationship, not by whether or not she loves him, because he knows. He knows you love him. But whether or not she respects him. What we need to do today is understand that the way to score a touchdown in the heart of a man is respect. The way to score a touchdown in the heart of a man is respect. And on the other hand, the way to score a touchdown in the heart of a woman is to love her with your whole heart, guys. The way to score a touchdown in the heart of a woman is to love her with your whole heart. And when you and I start scoring those touchdowns, end zone dances will break out spontaneously. So what does this look like? What does it look like to score a touchdown with your man? How many women think they know the number one need of a man is? We need a lot of help in this room. Nobody knows. Come on. Sex. All right. What's another one? Okay, sex is number two, too. Come on, somebody else. (laughs) Football. All right, number one need of a man is football, the draft. All right, so I'm going to help you all. Uh, Women, since I only had one. Um, The number one need for a man is this admiration. Women, the number one need of a man is admiration. When little boys were little boys, they played soldiers in war. They built buildings that were tall and the best. They were superheroes that conquered the world because they wanted to save the day. They wanted to be a hero. And I'm going to tell you that your husband, that little boy in him, has never grown up. And one day... When you when he watched you walk down that aisle towards him, here's what his heart said even though he may not have been able to verbally say it. I may never be the best at everything, but deep down in my heart, I hope that you'll let me be your hero. And when you walked down that aisle and he saw your eyes, that's what he saw. And that's what he felt. He just wants to be your hero. Which is why when you criticize a man, it is devastating to him. There is no quicker way to rip the heart of a man out than to criticize him. There's no quicker way to rip the heart out of a man than to criticize him. Some of you women might be saying, he's not even interested in the bed. Here's what most of the time is happening. criticism because he's sitting there going, I will never, never be good enough. I'm never going to be able to make you happy. And there's no reason to do the touchdown dance if you're not scoring touchdowns. Now, this is hard for women because women tell each other what to do all the time. That's how they work. They like get together and they like tell each other, this is how you do your nails better and this is how you be a better wife and this is how you be a best daughter and this is how you go and cook this and this is how you make this and if you want to be that crap, this is how you do this and that's, that's what they, they love to do that. They're like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, you totally should do this. This is what I'll fa- fix it everything and, and that's just how they work, right? They tell everybody what to do. That's how they are. That's just women. Sometimes you don't understand that telling someone else what to do is a violation of everything man. just going to let you know right now. Men don't do that to each other. We don't tell each other what to do. Like, this is how you should be a better dude. It doesn't happen. Because a man wants to be the hero. He wants to fix the problem, and he wants to, like, um, make it all better. It's why they will never ask for directions. It's core to maildom. Two men are standing outside. One guy's got a car. He's like working on his car. He doesn't know that much what he's doing. And another guy's hanging out with him, and he's a master mechanic. The one thing he will never do is say, you're doing it wrong. It won't happen. It's against maildom. What he will do is he'll say, hey, you need some help with that? Now, if the man who doesn't know what he's doing, working on his car, says, no, I got this. The master mechanic will walk away because that's how you honor a man. If he wants to figure it out himself, you let him. So let's turn the table, right? So here's the wife, and she says, I'm just going to tell him how to be a better husband because they think that that's loving and how to be like a better dad. And Here's what you should do to make this better, and this is how you should fix this so we're going to love him by telling him how he can be better so now you're loving him like a woman when women offer unsolicited advice to a man what do we call that nagging, nagging. everybody knew <laughs> dude's like nagging man for real women well, I'm going to tell you this Proverbs a uh, male wrote this in Proverbs 25-24 better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife it says it in the Bible. It doesn't just say it on the roof. It says like on the corner. So that way they can be like, I'm just going to jump off. <laughs> it's not like this hanging out. It's like, this ain't no good. There is no more powerful way to drive a man away from you than to tell him how he's failing you. It is deep to the core of him. In the moment that you are telling him, in that moment you're telling him that you will never, never, never be my hero. You'll never score a touchdown and there's no reason for a victory dance. Every man in this world longs to have a woman say, you're the man. They long to hear that. Ladies, you're going to have to find a way to make your requests known. There's going to have to be asks, not tells. And find ways to praise him when he does something right. And find ways not to scream at him when he does something wrong. Because he desperately wants to be your hero. Don't you dare tell him he's not. You'll lose his heart. Second thing for a man, number two, sex. You're close. <laughs> Here's what you need to get about sex sex just isn't sex, it's different for a man. Men receive acceptance through sex. You'll never have a man after sex say, I wonder if she was just like using me. It's never going to happen. Every man receives approval through sex. Your physical touch fills his emotional tank. It says, this woman approves of me. This woman loves me for who I am. Wants me. I'm the hero. I'm the man. Third one. You want to absolutely fill the heart of your man? Once in a while, initiate sex. Every once in a while. Talk about making your man walk tall, man. Like, <laughs> You might think it's a little weird because the women are like, I'm supposed to be pursued and you're supposed to like, come after me and you're supposed to initiate everything. That's his job. You just need to know that if you want to make your man feel like the man, initiate Woman, you need need to ask, tell yourselves, his needs are greater than mine. And you'll awaken the heart of a man and score touchdowns. And all of a sudden, there's something to celebrate. You initiate the next day, man. He's like walking tall at work for reals. Okay, so men, how how do you help your wife say, we're scoring touchdowns in the relationship? How do you help her say that? How many men think they know the number one need of a woman? Good. I don't know what you said, but there's no hands, so I'm worried. We're going to teach you guys a lesson here. What did you say? Shopping. All right. All right. That's why they call that show Sex in the City or something, right? Uh, What's the number one need of a woman? Yeah? I want to hear the guys, what they got to say. Communication. Communication. Oh, that's sweet. What? Compliments all right, all right, I'm yet yes. huh? Intimacy, Intimacy. we wish. Uh, so the number one need of a woman, the number one need of the woman is said it in the Bible, if you were listening, uh, to be loved and cherished. The number one need of a woman is to be loved and cherished. And guys, this is hard because we're like so task-oriented, so we caught her. Awesome, good. And then we're like done with it. We're like, hey, that was awesome. Worked hard for that. And then we're done. We're moving on to the next thing. Here's what we didn't get. That when little girls were little girls, they weren't playing soldiers. And they weren't building houses and being superheroes and like winning the day. They played house. Yeah. How many of you guys had uh, your sister stealing your G.A. Joe's to dress up? Yeah. It was like against everything G.A. Joe's were about. Um, Yeah, they were playing house. They, and, and the most important part of playing house was the man. It was the man that was gonna come be the prince or save the day. See, men don't get kin dolls. Because you know, you would think about it like if you really thought about it, you're like, dude, that is the man. He's like got all the barbies to himself. Like he's hanging out. But we're like, no, man, you're like a you're like a weirdo. Why aren't you doing dude stuff, right? But Barbie knew because they're like, oh, girls want the man. I mean, even if he is driving a pink Corvette. <laughs> and when she walked down that aisle and she looked at you, even though she may not have been able to say it out loud to you, she was saying, Are you the man? And what she believed you told her that day is, I am. And the problem is that once it, you and I got that done, we went off to the next thing. Score, done, caught it, and turn our attention in an affection away. And she felt betrayed, which is why there's nothing to celebrate in the end zone. Number one need of your wife is to know there is no rivals and that you have no mistresses. Even if that mistress is your work, your hobby, or hanging out with friends. She needs to know that she is number one. Guys, I'm going to give you like a little like lesson I've learned the hard way. You can hang out, man. You can like do what you want to do when you want to do it, for the most part. If you want to have like guy time in the backyard or a bunch of people over because you're going to be doing stuff, it is all good. But I'm going to tell you, this is a trick. You need to make sure that she knows that she's number one over all of it. And it's something as simple as when you're just walking through the house to get something, and you just pause, and you stop, you make that eye contact, and you go, you all right? I love you. And give a little kiss on the forehead. Move on. She's like, <laughs> you can go out all night. I'm good. 3 <laughs> 30 in the morning. Pff, that's awesome. <laughs> no big deal because they know they're number one. Guys, put that one, check it off for reals. Learn that one the hard way for reals. It's good. It's good. She needs to know she's number one. The best thing to do, guys, is date your wife. Remember when, like, you were dating and couldn't keep your hands off each other, right? She was, like, all about that, and that's the way she acted like that, because she was responding that way, because you were chasing her. You were pursuing her. Every woman longs to have a lifelong game of hide-and-seek. She wants to be caught a hundred times. She wants to be courted every day of your marriage. How many of you guys have ever seen, like, that whole Twilight phenomenon? Raise your hand, guys. ha oh, yeah, you, I know, you read the books. So uh, here's the whole, you know, Twilight vampire thing. <clears throat> um, every girl, like, loves that. They're like, oh, my gosh. Edward. <laughs> what? <laughs> Most girls love it. <laughs> um, they, like, all oh, love Edward because Edward, well, here's the crazy thing. They don't even, like, get together in the books, right? Edward is pursuing Bella, even if he is like a vampire. It's like, it's such a beautiful story. Look at him, he's chasing her. I want that so bad. That's what, they, that's what they long. And that's why it was Edward deeply and profoundly fulfills the heart of a woman because he's chasing Bella. And you and I forget that in the heart of a woman that feels neglected and forgotten says, we're not doing no dances because you're not scoring any touchdowns over here. The second need in the heart of a woman is this, connection, conversation with words. <laughs> any guy that notice, uh, Any guys notice that women like to talk, right? Dude, crazy talker. Study says this, the average woman speaks 20,000 words a day, a man 7,000, <laughs> not even like half. Like, they're like major talkers. We're like not even close. I know I learned this one hard early on too. We actually have code in our house. Like, I'll come home. And that's the first thing the woman would "How's how was your day? What happened? And you're like, good. What happened? It's good. Like, that's all you got. You're like out of words because you've spent them on everybody else all day. I've learned this. I just got to say, I'm out of words dude, she's good. She gives me like an hour, an hour and a half. Then I'm like ready to talk. I'll give her time. I just need to like recover some. I got to work real hard on it. That's why I like women hate it when the men come. They just want to sit there and like read the paper or like get in some funky zone, man, because they're spit and They're like, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want to talk to me. I does want to hear about his day. And I got to tell him all these things I did. And I got to tell my, my girlfriend how I told her how to do all this stuff better. And <laughs> <laughs> we play dolls together, me and the daughter and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah so connection through words a study says this four year old uh, they studied four year old girls and four year old boys next to each other uh, they watched them play and it says that little girls 90% of their play was verbal like oh look at then they went up here and then like look at the mountain it's so pretty and then they went oh look and then you know the girls <laughs> right boys 20% 20% of their play was verbal the other 80% Grunts. <laughs> right. Girls. Blah, 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 the guys are like, you're looking at me? Mm, bitch, bitch. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. Guys, this mm, bitch, isn't good for your marriage. <laughs> Her tank fills having conversation. She enjoys talking just for the pleasure of it. It's fun. Just like we enjoy having sex for the pleasure of it. It's why... It's why they'll say, can we just have couch time? Can we just talk? Can we just hang out? And guys, I'll tell you this. When you caress the heart of your woman with words, she'll be a lot more ready to let you caress her body with your hands. Third need of a woman. Non-sexual touch. That's right. Some women are like, preach it. (laughs) Yeah, right on. That's right. Say it again. Non-sexual touch. Third need of a woman. A woman receives approval through non-sexual touch. A woman is deeply, deeply filled by being held. When you walk up behind a woman and she's cooking dinner and you just come up behind her and you hold her, that like, (whistles) especially when it's not supposed to mean something else. You don't even know what it means to the heart of a woman when you're driving and you reach over and you initiate and then grab their hand and you hold it. You know what it means to a woman? When you put your arm around them and pull them in tighter. Nice. Good move. <laughs> I was like, yeah, ah, I see that. Uh, and all the other girls were like, come on, throw it over. All you right. Know, right? Or when you're standing there as a couple somewhere and you pull her in tight, it, it deeply fills the heart of a woman. It, it, it absolutely feels the heart of a woman. So here's the deal. I'm giving you homework. <laughs> so you're going to need to write this down. So if you haven't written down anything yet, it's time to take notes because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to this a couple of times in this last little bit. For the next 21 days. What? 21 days. Three weeks. Men. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Write this down. Women, make sure he writes this down for reals. (laughs) The next 21 days, men, do this. Number one, date your wife. For the next 21 days, date your wife. Chase your wife. Pursuer. Hang out. I mean, I don't even care. You don't have to spend money every night, but like spend, spend have couch time. You know, just hang out. Even if you have to like come home and like just chase each other around the room for a little and be like, yeah, tickle party, ah! (laughs) Right? Chase your wife, date your wife. Number two, spend time talking with words. So if you got 7,000, use 5,000 and just be quiet at work the rest of the day. So when you come home, you can have a conversation with your wife and you guys can connect, talking because that will fulfill the heart of your woman. 21 days, spend time toxing. Number three, for 21 days, non-sexual touch. They say the average woman needs nine to 10 touches from a man every day. I mean, if you have to keep a count card, keep a count card. I mean, you might even have to like rub some feet, but you know, do it. (laughs) That's not what I'm gonna be doing. So 21 days, guys, date your wife. Date your wife. Chaser, pursuer. Number two, spend time talking. And number three, nine to 10 non-sexual touches a day, every day. Women, write this down, 21 days. Number one, no criticism. (laughs) What's the point of talking? (laughs) 21 days, no criticism. Only requests and praise. So you might have to get a little tricky to be like, I am so excited that you thought about taking out the trash. (laughs) You know, like work it out. But no criticism. Praise. 21 days scoring touchdowns. No criticism. Number two, sex. Everyone went, oh, I hate that we came to church today. (laughs) Um, Men get approval from sex. Score touchdowns of the day. Celebrate in the nighttime. Number three, every once in a while, over the next 21 days, initiate. Initiate sex. Take some time and initiate. Take some initiative. So the next 21 days of scoring touchdowns in the daytime, and the next 21 nights, scoring touchdowns at the nighttime. Some of you are freaking out because you're just stuck on one word. <laughs> so there's some rules to this. <clears throat> First of all, how cool would it be if we could, for the next 21 days, score touchdowns in a relationship on both sides and celebrate them together? It'd be all that much more fun. A couple of rules is this. Um, if you're over 90, every other day is good. <clears throat> uh, consult your physician. Um, no, but seriously, if you're in an abusive relationship, this isn't for you. There's way more that you need to do. And, um, you know, we have some people that can talk to you too, but there's some counseling to have, or just, you, you're not ready for this. You're not there. You need to work on some other things before that. Um, uh, another one is, is um, if you're in like, I would say like a 40 percentish healthy relationship, so not even halfway healthy, just a little below than halfway healthy, this is for you. This will help make your relationship healthy. I guarantee it. Um, there's, this is, God created this and this is some things that he created it for. So, um, this scoring touchdowns will make your relationship healthy, which suddenly doing the end zone dance is truly a celebration in which God intended it to be. So 21 days, 21 days outside of the bed, your needs come first, and 21 days inside the bed saying, your needs come first. So what if you're single? 21 days of not. Because the cool thing is, is this only makes sense in marriage. It's only intended, intended and special for marriage. So I'm going to actually ask you to sign this in a moment. Remember, you're scoring touchdowns. You're not criticizing. You're dating your wife. You're talking. You're, you're making that connection. Non-sexual touching. You, you, you guys can do this. This is a big commitment. So... Um, in a moment, I'm going to ask you guys to sign that because it's a big deal. I'm going to ask you guys to bow your heads with me. And
0: Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.